Hello, 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 my fact friends and fiends. Welcome to the first episode of Spooky Season. And with me today to throw off Spooky Season is the one, the only, the legendary... Spooky Season! Rachel, Rachel Hip Flores. I mean, we had to have her back. It's time. It's been time. And I'm so excited. It's Spooky Season! It is. It's our time to shine. This is this is what the podcast is all about. This is what I live for. It's true. I'm so excited to be here with you for this. Uh, I know. It's the first episode you've done that hasn't included horrific crime. I know. Or like terrible racism or like just uh, there is a lot that this doesn't include. I know. And to entice her back, I promise that this would be a fun episode. And guess what, everyone? It is. We are going to do... Five cryptids living their best lives. <laughs> so, for all of you who don't know what a cryptid is, it's an animal that has been claimed to exist, but never proven to exist. Like myself. No one has seen you in the flesh. Ever. Ever. Not once. Not even my parents. Yeah. So... You know, I think that it is a perfect opportunity to talk about some of my favorite cryptids in America, because I've noticed that a lot of my listeners aren't from America. So let's hit it. And I'm not going to do our big faves. Like, no Sasquatch. No Sasquatch. No Sasquatch, no Bigfoot. Oh. Oh, no. We're going around and we are doing some lesser known babes. Oh, I love this. I'm so excited. Just because it's too funny. Wonderful. And they're living their best lives. I love love a messy girl, okay? (laughs) Love her. Love everything she's doing. Living their best lives in the the minds, the hearts, and the mythologies of everyone around us. So we're going to get into it. Let's start. Let's do it. With cryptid number one. That would be the Pope Lick Monster. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to make this up. The Pope Lick Monster lives in Vatican City. Is there a Vatican City in the U.S.? No, it's Vatican City, Florida. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you just said Florida's not in the U.S., which I feel like 50 other states agree with that. Listen, we're all trying. We're all trying. (laughs) What is the Pope Lick Monster? Well, we're on our way to Louisville, Kentucky. That is, again... In the United States. We Please love... do this in a Kentuckian accent. I don't know if I can, but I will do it in a perhaps more Arkansan accent than Kentuckian, but I'm going to do my best. In the Fisherville area, <laughs> we have a legendary bipedal mo- mammal called the Pope Lick Monster, often also referred to as one of the many goat men oh God. in the continental United States. That does exclude Alaska and Hawaii. <laughs> this half man, half goat, or sometimes it's a half sheep. I have a question. I have an answer. Let's stop right here. Sheep and goats are different animals. But sometimes their back halves are similar. But they're not, it's not like, oh, the goat is the male version of a sheep and the sheep That's is a... That's what I was thinking. I was like, they didn't say half ram. And a ram is the male version of a sheep? I would be really stupid to put this on my podcast and not be sure, but you're making me question I it. D- I literally don't. I'm bad at animals. I, I grew up in Jersey. We don't believe in things with more than two legs. I am not sure. I can't tell you. 
Oh my God. Should I look it up or should we just own our... No, let's own it. I'm going to own my folly. Okay. Because I felt really confident when I said ram and I'm going to leave it. Cool. But yeah, so sometimes people say half sheep. (laughs) It's reported to live underneath a railroad trestle over the Floyd's Creek Ford creek i messed that up i'm so excited you're actually doing the accent (laughs) (laughs) that turned out better than i ever could have hoped you know what you ask and you shall receive (laughs) it is reported to live underneath a railroad trestle over floyd's ford creek in the fishervale area okay so for those of you who do not know what that looks like a trestle is the rigid frame used to support all the parts of the train bridge so it's the part the train goes across like with the slats all right so visual example the bridge in the film stand by me i was just going to say so when we're talking about stand by me (laughs) (laughs) that's it it's the type of like of the construction that we're talking about okay maybe not with the giant cliff drop off because there's not a giant cliff drop off there's like a road underneath oh got it it's the perfect place for this babe to reside okay So there's many legends about the public monster. (laughs) And we're going to jump in, eyes closed, head first, okay? Let's do it. First, we have this concept that this monster uses hypnosis or voice mimicry to lure trespassers onto the trestle so they will meet their death from oncoming trains. Wait, I um, I need to clarify. I feel like you've told me this already. Which half is which? Is are we talking about a goat head or are we talking about a goat butt? It does say that it's one of the many goat men in the United States. So I'm assuming that it's goat head, man butt. Okay. But it'd be really funny if it was the other way around. Mm. And I love this drama because where's the motivation and backstory <laughs> if you've got like a man head just yodeling for these people? <laughs> I love it. And then, like, where does the Poplick come from? I was going, I was like, I didn't want to, like, do any spoilers. Are they going to, are we going to understand the origin of the name of this place? No. What? I did not come up with it. So there's just a monster called the Pope Lick Monster, obviously from Vatican City, Florida. Literally. And they do not talk about why it is called the Pope Lick Monster. Not that I lo- I could find in my I cursory trust your Google reason. look. I listen, I trust you in your cursory Google looks. I feel like <laughs> I trust that. That's a that's a source I believe in. I feel like if I dug too deep, the the magic was gonna be lost. Okay, got it, got it. And also this one was just one of those you know, it's a troll under the bridge story Love from like it. the 1940s era. It's it, I'm into it. Okay, Best keep going, life. keep going. So Best sorry. Life. Love it. Okay, here's another concept. Sharp left turn. Love it. Which is actually, can you take a sharp left on a train? <laughs> <laughs> so this monster allegedly jumps down from the trestle onto the roof of a car, like a passing car underneath, okay. right? Yeah, sure. To disrupt traffic. Now, this one I find to be just plain disrespectful, okay? We would have photos, we would have evidence, and I do not feel like this gorgeous creature would disrupt the already worst part of the day. (laughs) All right, he would wait and ruin a perfectly romantic night of influencers trying to get a photo on the train tracks. That's what that babe would do. That's true. So we're throwing the story out. That's true. 
but it's still funny that he thought he would jump down from the train tracks and just jump on cars. Also, I feel like that would have a lot more witnesses. Like if you're in traffic, then that means that by definition, there are more than one, there's more than one car around. Thank you. Yeah, no, hard pass on that one. Also, can I do a really deep cut? Oh. That's like a good son situation. Right? Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin when they throw the mannequin yes! off. Yes! Of- yeah. Or a really bad rendition of Frogger. Oh, no! <laughs> Where Frogger is the winner. That's like... And all you gotta do is jump on the cars. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That would be a cryptid living their best life. That's true. That's the cryptid agenda. Has anyone ever seen Frogger in real life? <laughs> Has any... No! There? I would hazard to guess no. <laughs> so, as for another dramatic fave, the Popelik monster is supposed to attack with a blood-stained axe. Love the drama. I mean, has anyone found his hovel? Whose blood was that? Also, what is the purpose? Like, apparently, this very sight is so unsettling that those who see it while walking across that trestle, right? Why are they walking across that trestle? That's the, a recipe for death right there. Exactly. But they, when they see it, mm. they are racked with fear and they just leap off, right? Okay, wait a second. Hang on. Because are they being racked with fear just because of the blood-stained axe and not the half-man, half-goat? Maybe both. Does it really take a blood-soaked axe to make a half-man, half-goat that much more scary? I don't know, but I feel like that's a recipe for paranormal activity part 12. Fair point. But how powerful is that boo, though? Like, he's like, <laughs> boo. And watch the axe just be, like, covered in tomato sauce or I something. I mean, I feel like that's just bad axe maintenance. If I'm... I can just be a judgy little. Yeah. yeah. Or it's great axe maintenance. If that was the goal, <laughs> you know? Fair. He's like, I don't really want to try that hard. I mean. I just want to get them off my bread. Uh, <laughs> boo. Here's my axe. And they're like, let me throw myself off. Fair. Yeah. I mean, that again, allegation, because I don't have receipts. Who does? Nobody. That's no why one. it's encrypted. I love it. Now we're going to get into some good backstory. Okay. Okay. So here's another legend. All right. All right. Now they're going to say that this poor babe is an escaped circus attraction. Oh. Who vowed revenge after being mistreated. Deeply understandable. A hundred percent. Now he would have escaped from a derailed train car on that trestle. Think the fugitive. Got it. Okay. Thank you. So he would have escaped from a derailed train car. Mm -hmm. He pulls a Harrison Ford and just waddles his way to victory. Got it. Before another circus member throws him the keys to the shackles and they exchange that knowing glance of be good. Though both know absolutely neither of them will. You know? Perfect. I love that. Another alternative to the backstory. Oh, I'm I'm keeping that one in my heart. I know. I like I, I love, love it. That I love one. it because it makes all of the other ones work. Yep. Maybe he does all of them. Yep. And I love it. <laughs> Another alternative to the backstory is that the Pope Lick monster was birthed into being by a farmer and instead, due to a sacrificed goat in exchange for power, thus was born this goat man. And here, to wreak havoc among the living world. Wait. I, okay, hang on. I, I missed the thread of that one. So it's a, a farmer sacrificed a goat. Or multiple goats. Or actually. several goats for power? Allegedly. But why does a farmer need power? Doesn't he already have the power of, like, food? 
I mean, I would think that if anything, you would want like the power over the weather or the climate or something like that. Like that's power that a farmer could use and is not necessarily represented by a goat man. I agree. This one I didn't really, you know, train or mm. trade. I don't I don't know what word I was looking for. Yeah, there, yeah. But I just went with it. Okay. Um but no, goats scrap that re- one. We need yeah. a circus. Yeah. Goats and revenge sound weird. But you know, imagine like it bumping into a train a little bit, you know? And just being like Oh no. Was that an earthquake? Nah, dude. What was it? <laughs> Like, you know, there's this all of a sudden goat birth. Oh, God. And the train derails. Yeah. That would be so weird. But also, there would be a record. There would be a record. Again, witnesses. Unless it was like, maybe it was like a a coal train or something where it's like. But even then, don't you think that coal moguls would have. Yeah, like a. Yeah, 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 Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. So the Pope, like monster, having no actual reported sightings, most likely exists only in the realm of our hearts. I mean, it definitely does for me. It does. Same here. So the trestle itself has become a place of legend tripping, even though an eight foot fence is there to keep out those attempting the, quote, a bravery test. However, in the summer of 1987, a boy fell to his death Aww. from the trestle after evading an oncoming train. Oh. And then the trestle would claim another boy in the same manner 13 years later in 2000. Coincidence? I think so. Like, I I definitely, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Young boys are dumb. Sorry. Yeah. But, I mean, why were you there in the first place? Yep. Stupid bravery test. Yep. Sorry. You can be brave without trying to threaten your life. Yep. However, we are on to cryptid number two. Cryptid number two. Brace yourself. Okay. I, I'm just, I, I moment of silence real quick for there not being an explanation for Pope Lick. Thank you. What the fuck? But I love it. I, part of me is thrilled because I do think it vacations in Vatican City, Florida. I mean, it definitely does. It definitely does. Yeah, okay. Um, and I love that Vatican City, Florida now exists and we love it. Yep. It is uh, an exclave. It is not part of the United States. Yeah, it's yeah. not. And uh, we will be there doing a live show <laughs> uh, perhaps in about two months. Yep. Yeah. Tweet us yeah. and we'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> Our second and honestly... Arguably most fashionable. Oh. Cryptid. The Sheep Squatch. The Sheep Squatch. Not to be confused with Sasquatch or Beef Squatch. Correct. Okay. The Sheep Squatch. Got it. Also known as the White Thing. (laughs) Is a woolly-haired cryptid reported across numerous counties in West Virginia. We're calling it the White Thing forever. Oh, yes. (laughs) Mostly seen around the southwestern area of the state. The county's reporting sightings are Boone, Mason, Kanawha, and Putnam. A huge influx of sightings came from Boone County during the mid-1990s. As if the 90s weren't weird enough. (laughs) Listen, we were all on a lot of shit in the 90s. The 90s were a time to be alive. I miss chokers. They're back. I know. I feel it's like not it, the same. It's not. It's not. But our babe, the Sheep Squatch, can be described as 
a quadruped. Okay. Roughly the size of an average bear. Terrifying. A wool-like white fur adorning its beautiful body. How do we know that this is not just a very large sheep? We don't. So it's just a quadruped with sheep's wool. How is it not a sheep? We'll get into that. (laughs) But she's beautiful. Okay. She has a long and pointed head, possibly similar to a dog or wolf, but with long saber teeth (gasps) and a single point set of horns. Oh my God. Oh yes. This is wonderful. Oh yes. Keep going. You had me at saber teeth. She's got large raccoon-esque hands. Opposable thumbs. Yes. Oh my God. While her tail is long and hairless, like a possum. Ew. Hey, that means that she can use it. That's fair. She allegedly, allegedly smells like sulfur (gasps) and somehow is not linked to anything satanic. But the fact that she was born in the TNT area of Mason County, like one of the Mothman theories, is probably where the sulfur-like smell comes from. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. However, if our babe sheep squatch is actually out there, it probably is not likely and instead may be a musk scent gland similar to those found in many other babes like weasels and skunks. Huh. Okay. Love her. I love her a little bit. I was a little bit like, why is this? Why is it like if you are just a sheep? What's but she's not. She's She's got some teeth. She's got some opposable thumbs. She has unique features. I love this story. Unique you know what? I kind of, I would like her to be the avenging angel of all sheep. So far, we love her. Yeah. So we're going to go to sightings. Okay? okay. 1994. A Navy veteran witnessed sheep squatch, which I just realized I mistyped and put sheep squatch <laughs> in the forest. It is sheep squash. It's sheep squash. Sheep squash. It's very French. Oh, very much. She apparently came through the woods and knelt to drink in the creek for a few minutes before crossing that said creek and continuing toward the nearby road. The person said they watched her for a while before she moved back into the brush. Very timid. Okay. Very chillin'. Yeah. Love it. Love Later. it. 1994 still. Go on. Two children see our sheep squatch playing in their yard in Boone County. What they saw looked like a large white bear that stood up on its hind legs. Terrifying. In the way bears stand on their hind legs. I mean. Terrifying. And it made sheep squatch into a supermodel height of six feet tall. Wow. Cannot wait to see her runway style. Oh my God. With those teeth. Love her. Love it. Clearly terrified of tiny humans. Sheep squash ran off to the forest, breaking medium sized limbs. Off of the trees in her path. Oh. She knows how to get out of there. Look, I often have the same impulse when faced with small children. Same. (laughs) You don't know if they're real. No. You don't know if they're real small children. No, they could just be, they could be uh, holograms. They could be... Hallucinations. um, Yeah. It was the 90s. So It was the 90s. You don't know if they're like, I don't know, implements of mass destruction. They could be. Well, they They were children. They usually are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So now, 1995. Okay. Sheep Squatch is back at it again, but this time involving a car. (gasps) Oh, no. So a couple is driving through Boone County. 
they catch a glimpse of this hot fluff bomb sitting in the ditch alongside the roadway. So as anyone who clearly hasn't seen Jurassic Park would do, they stop their car to get a better look at it. No. Their description of Sheep Squatch lined up with others, but they added four eyes. No! Was she wearing glasses? Rude. I mean, that is very rude. That was so rude. Uh, how dare. In stark contrast with the last sighting where Sheep Squatch fled the scene, she honestly had enough and leapt straight out of the ditch and started to attack the car. No. I would have. Yeah. You're gawking. A hundred percent. You are invading their privacy. Thank you. She's just chilling. Yeah. So, frightened by the attack, the couple drove off. So, clearly, they got to safety. Mm -hmm. And once they arrived back home, they noticed large scratches on the side of where Sheep Squatch had attacked. Honestly, no one likes to be gawked at. And we stand a fluff queen. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. No. Sheep, sheep Squatch was right. We sheep love her. Squash. Sheep Squash. Sheep Squash. 1999. Now we have campers. Oh, no. At, at a bonfire. What? Oh, first of all, dirty hippies. Secondly, campers, no. Mm -mm. No. I mean, if outside was so great, why did we create inside? You are not supposed to be there. <laughs> You're not supposed to be there. We created inside. I, I love it. Go on. And guess who was in the forest at night? Again, in Boone County. There's this big illumination, right? That okay. bonfire. They eventually hear an animal snorting and scuffling about the camp in a manner similar to an aggravated bear, though it did not come into the light of the campfire immediately. Why does this feel like the SpongeBob episode of the sea bear? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where that sea bear like rolls up. It's like, don't do all these things or Sheep Squatch is going to show up. <laughs> and then they did all those things. And then Sheep Squatch showed up. Yeah. All of a sudden, the Sheep Squatch suddenly charged out of the darkness at the campers. They reacted quickly, jumped up, and ran back into their house, all while being pursued by the Sheep Squatch. And I'm so confused about the fact that they were camping with a house. I read House in Three Sources. Maybe it was like a, maybe it was like, oh, we're camping in our backyard type of a thing. It's like. Or it's like, you know, those campsites that have houses. That have houses. Yeah. Yeah. Again, why are you outside when there is an inside clearly available to you? I know, right? Where the bugs aren't. Where the bugs are not. So our fluff angel stopped when she reached the edge of the forest. And she allegedly lets out a terrible scream or honestly just a warning to get out of her swamp. Mm -hmm. I mean. Get out of her woods. <laughs> and then she turns around and heads back into the woods. And the next morning, the campers return to their campsite in the trail home, finding it to be torn up. They refer to it as something like someone had tilled it up for gardening. So she literally wanted you out. Take yes. a hint. Yes. 2015, Folks Run, Virginia. Okay. Sheep Squatch is allegedly back at it again. She's spotted in the uh, forests of Appalachia. Appalachia. I fucked up my own word. I have always heard ap ap the Appalachian Mountains. And well, I like. I feel it's like... Appalachia. It's Appalachia? Yeah, because I'll throw an Appalachia. Get out. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from that, 
I just want to like lift up for a moment that this is like a now 25 year old sheep squatch, which I'm guessing is a fairly long lived for a sheep squatch. And I don't I know if I'm, I'm super proud of her, but I also am like, Ooh, what if there's just a whole community that she started of sheep squatch? Yeah. Because we have one that said that she was six feet. Yeah. But then there was another one that said she was even taller. So maybe they're just getting more and more powerful in the Appalachian mountains. Oh my God. Yeah. Maybe that's what's happening. I'm so into that. I'm so excited. So she's spotted. And it's like close to midnight by six campers. And they're spending the night in the dense woods. Again. Again. Why? This is, you've brought this on yourself. I mean, I'm terrified to sleep outside. I do not like when there is no, like, ambient lighting anywhere. Like, I need electricity nearby. I need to know that if there were a serial killer close by, that there's at least one wall between me and them. Yes. Yes. Because... I do this podcast. Yes. So, you know, hey, they report that she's eight to nine feet tall. Wonderful. With a shoulder length of four to five feet. How do they know? Did they grab a measuring tape? I could not. I'd be like, oh, is it the length of my body? Oh, sorry. I was just trying to figure out. I was like, how does that work? But then I realized it's when she's on all fours that it's four to five feet. And then when she's up, that's well, the no, her height. shoulder span. Her shoulder span. Oh, so she's like four to five feet. Yeah, but wide? they're just guessing. That's on, nonsense. Based on sight. They're just making up numbers. Like you know how they on cop shows, they're like, "Oh yeah, that guy was like six foot." I'm like, "Bitch, you don't know. You don't know. You have no idea. You're just a witness at a bar that might have saw something." Like, yeah. No, they're making those numbers up. Yeah, I agree. That said, she's a hundred percent nine feet tall. How, uh, and her this fluff has grown into her full potential. Oh, I'm so proud We'd of her. We love her. Good job. So one of the campers first saw her at the top of the nearby hill, and she was in, like, a crouching position. Mm-hmm. Then she stands up, and he tells the other campers. And then she starts running down the steep this. hill I love this. towards the campers. This is terrifying, but I love it. And they were separated by a river that was flowing through. They looked in horror at her, right? Because they're trying to figure out how to cross this river. There's no other option. They begin to wade through the river. When Sheep Squatch finally comes to the water and the campers reported that she started crossing the river. She's determined. They heard a loud gut-based screech that was heard about two miles off from where they were. So then Sheep Squatch looked up in shock, just high enough so the moonlight was on her face. <gasps> Gorgeous. So beautiful. And the campers looked on in fear as she let out a whimper, then in a sprint, ran in the opposite direction of the noise. Oh. The campers quickly packed and left and reported it to the locals, fearing that if the authorities were told, they would be ridiculed. I love it. I am so behind this. I love this. I love this sheep squatch. One does not simply exist in Sheep Squatch's territory. You are not supposed to be there. That is her home. You are trespassing. I love her. Yep. She's my all-time fave. Yep. Endorsed. Cosign. She's terrific. Yeah. I'm going to make a shirt. I'm going to draw her. I'm going to make a shirt. She just doesn't want you in her house, okay? okay? Yeah, like sometimes... Please. You don't have to go camping in that forest. No. There's other, like, go to Runyon Canyon, where it's full of L.A. tourists. Go literally anywhere else. Or you know what? Go inside. 
Go inside. Go inside. Dude, how much do you pay for rent? Your Enjoy ancestors it. fought so hard for you to stay inside. <laughs> that was an ugly laugh. <laughs> So, Sheep Squatch, arguably the best one of the episode, but we don't know yet. (laughs) Because we're moving on to the Boggy Creek Monster or the Falk Monster. Go on. Is this going to be another Popelik situation where we're not going to be told why it's called the Falk Monster? Yeah, I'm going to tell you why. Okay. (laughs) Also, this one is known as the Swamp Stalker of Boggy Creek, or as Arkansans will call it, the Falk Monster, because... It lives near Falk, Arkansas. All right. I had to pick this one because my roommate, my freshman year of college, was from Falk, Arkansas. Ah. And she didn't shut up about this for like three months. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. There's a reason. I love firsthand accounts. Okay. So it's described as a large brown humanoid, right? Not quite human, but humanoid. Okay. Right? It's no coincidence that this babe has allegedly resemblance to the Momo seen in Louisiana and Missouri. No, I will not be talking about Momo this episode. Sorry about that. Okay. That's another day. Got it. It's not like I can't do a bunch of these. Yeah. So the Falk monster most likely has family and we love them for it. So let's get on to this beautiful (laughs) story of spook and all. Reports of the Falk monster start as far back as the 1800s, but actual written down reports start coming in the 1970s. Well, you know, language wasn't really codified until the 1970s. (laughs) We didn't know how to even look for people. We didn't know how to look for people or or write things down or, yeah. We were just beginning as human beings. Like, we had just recently moved indoors. We did. In the 1970s. Oh, you're going to be so excited about this Oh, go on. Because indoors come into play. Oh, go on. So several reports coming in from 1971 to 1974 are where we get the description of it being a large bipedal creature covered in long, dark hair. Who of us cannot be described as that? I was about to say, that's me most days. I know. Not myself, as I am rather short, but I have long, dark hair. Did it say large? It said large. Okay. I mean, I feel like it's such a relative term. It is. Who's deciding what's like? Maybe it's an ant. You know, compared to my dog, Olive, I am large. Precisely. And I am covered in long, dark hair. Yep. In my scalpel area. Yep. (laughs) Various others for me, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this, I cannot wait to see the Falk Monster debut at Fashion Week because this babe is estimated to be about seven feet tall. Love it. And apparently a weight of 200 to 300 pounds. That's very... That's quite slender for a seven that's foot tall. That's what I was thinking. Yes. But did we have to get into the weight area? I mean, that's... That's... I mean, I feel like... Insulting. Quite, that's very insulting. Yeah. Do we need to know their age at this point, too? Right. Fuckers. So later reports claim that it was far larger, with one witness describing it as 10 feet and an estimated weight of 800 pounds. That seems like an entirely different entity. Yes. So did Sasquatch just roll down to Arkansas? Actually, it's plausible. I mean. Sasquatch does what Sasquatch wants. 
I can't argue with that. Honestly, quote me on that. That's, I have often <laughs> quoted. It is chiseled in stone. <laughs> That's our other t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> the scenery is beautiful. In Arkansas? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I you know, I, know. I can't be mad. No, I know. Some accounts describe the Falk monster as running swiftly with a galloping gait and swinging its arms in a fashion similar to a monkey. The actual accurate term here would be ape, unless the monster had a tail. See, this is the problem. Donkey Kong is an ape because he does not have a tail, but Diddy Kong is a monkey because he has a tail, and I'm confused about the Kong family, and I need someone to discuss this with me at a later time. And describing the arms like a monkey is inaccurate because no one has reported this babe as having a tail. That would make this a non-humanoid and go into the monkey category. I'm very confused. I, I have a question. I have an answer. What is a galloping gait on a bipedal entity? I kind of feel like it's when you have uh, one of those horses on a stick in between your legs and you try to run with it. Huh. Like that gallop that you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Accepted. That, that, that's what I understand it to be. I'm not saying that I'm an expert, but I am because I have a podcast. I mean, and... I've only heard that you are an expert. <laughs> does sound like it yeah. right but that's what i i figure okay and its arms just swing kind of like motorboats this is a strangely moving entity mm-hmm. I, I don't buy it basically okay now if it had more of a shoulder swing you know like okay. yeah like it swung at the shoulders you know that huh. makes more sense yeah and it holds the arms like letting it catch weight at the elbows right <sighs> that makes more sense and you carry the weight of the forearms there that's what we recognize as humanoid, right? Yeah, that sort of deal. But, you know, that's what we would recognize as human behavior. But this is not a human. It's a humanoid. True. And then that's a striking difference. We are such judgmental and fickle beings. We judge intelligence based on how one holds their arms. That's, that is both true and sad. But here we are. Yeah. Falk monster. Reports also describe it as having a terrible odor, odored being described as a combination of skunk and wet dog, and having bright red eyes about the size of silver dollars. And I mean, does anyone have a great smell after living out in the woods? Does anyone have a great smell after not showering for a few weeks? Rude. Now, bright red eyes, love this. Yep. Unique. Yes. It has made major news, and tracks have indeed been found, allegedly, the Falk monster is very vicious and attacks humans. But who can blame this babe after all that body shaming? I mean, really. Legit. Okay, so local legends. There is one that dates back to 1946 when it was called the Jonesville monster, based on the fact that it was near Jonesville. But in 1955, the creature was allegedly spotted by a 14-year-old boy who is incredibly... Reliable witness. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He described it as having reddish-brown hair, sniffing the air, and not reacting when it was fired upon by a birdshot. Thank you. Let's just take a minute. Yeah. Let's just take a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Investigator Joe Nickel observed that the description was consistent with a misidentified black bear, Ursus Americanus. Oops. <laughs> okay. But... He fired upon it. Why did he not get ripped to shreds? 
maybe it was a very, maybe it was like a baby black bear that like didn't know that it probably should that went humans to shreds. Ouch. Yes. Maybe he missed with the bird shot. I just. I know. I know. I just. Okay. Well, the Falk monster made local headlines in 1971 when it reported to have attacked the home of Bobby and Elizabeth Ford on May 2nd, 1971. So according to Elizabeth Ford, not Elizabeth Fury, but according to Elizabeth Fury, reporting on Elizabeth Ford. And neither of you are Betty Ford. Nope. Nope. Not even a little bit. No. She initially thought it was a bear, but it reached through a screen that night while she was sleeping on a couch. No! It was chased away by her husband and his brother, Don. So during this alleged encounter, the Fords fired several gunshots at the creature and believed they had hit it, but there were no traces of blood found. So they didn't. Yeah. And... After an extensive search of the area, they failed to locate the creature in 1971. But three toed footprints were found near and close to the house, as well as scratch marks on the porch and damage to a window in the house's siding. Now, according to the Fords, they had heard something moving around late at night, several nights prior, but having lived in the house for less than a week, Never encountered the creature before. How horrible would it be to move into a new house and then just hear something moving around outside of your new house? Which I am in my headcanon is like deep in the woods. With oh, nobody nearby. It's Arkansas. It's Arkansas. It's 1971. Like, and it's Falk. No, there should be no movement outside that house. You should hear cicadas. And that's it. Yeah. So the creature is allegedly sighted again. Oh my God. On the 23rd of May, 1971. Okay. When three people, D.C. Woods Jr., Wilma Woods, and Mrs. R.H. Sedgrass, reported seeing a creature crossing U.S. Highway 71. More sighting reports were made over the following months by local residents and tourists. I can't imagine tourists down there, but okay. I I once drove through Arkansas. Falk is like way out of the way. I got nothing. I think we were in Little Rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of Arkansas stories yeah. because, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no, trust me. I have never even been close to Falk. Wow. And I've been quite a bit on that state. I know. However, they found additional footprints. So the best known footprints were found in a soybean field belonging to a local filling station owner, Scott Keith. They were scrutinized by game warden, game warden, (laughs) Carl Gallion, who was unable to confirm their authenticity. As if you could... How can you confirm the authenticity of something from a cryptid? I, excellent point. Mm-hmm. I just, I do what I do. Like the Ford prints, they appeared to indicate that the creature only had three toes. That's horrifying. I need to tell you, that's so disturbing to me. <laughs> Thank you. Like, you know what? It's sort of on par with, and this is really like, just weird. I think it was, I want to say one of the later episodes of Lost 
where like they saw the statue of a foot and it's this huge statue, but there are only four toes on it. And it's just like, that's the wrong amount of toes. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong amount of toes. Don't you wonder how big these toes are too? Like, is it kind of like, you know, Sesame Street or... Like, I'm thinking, like, it's a big... but I. The only way that I can make three toes work is, like, bird situation. Where it's yeah. like, there's a talent like situation. But also, this is not that. This is a humanoid thing. So I know that it's, like, if we're dealing with humanoid footprints, it's not a talent situation. And they're going to be huge. And also, how did he balance? Right. Like, which toes are missing? I guess which toes would be the most... It would be like... You need the baby toe. Yeah, the baby toes for balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be... And you'd probably need the big toe just to sort For of, balance. For balance. So maybe it's like the two of them and then like a larger middle toe. Who knows? Maybe it's like a prehensile foot. I hate it. I'm making my peace with it. <laughs> well, this will help. Go on. Well, first, the incident began to attract substantial interest after news spread about the Ford sighting in the Little Rock, Arkansas news radio station. I've been there. K-A-A-Y. K. <laughs> they posted a $1,090 bounty on the creature. That is $7,971.02 in today's money. Nice. Several attempts were made to track this beautiful creature with dogs. But they were unable to follow its scent. And I mean, if it smells like wet dog. Yeah. It's a pretty, like, it's a pretty scenty scent. It's not like it was missing. But also, if it smells like wet dog and it's being tracked by potentially wet dogs, maybe they're just like, well, this is me. (laughs) (laughs) So when hunters begin to take interest in the Falk monster... Miller County Sheriff Leslie Greer was forced to put a temporary no-guns policy in place in order to preserve public safety. I know! Rachel's shaking her head! In 1971, three people were fined $59 each for filing a fraudulent monster report. All I want, all I want is, like, the piece of paper yes. in the Arkansas Police Department that is labeled Monster Report. Because you have to have one in order for there to be a fraudulent monster report. That means that they have non-fraudulent monster reports, and I want the paperwork. I know. I, I need it. I just want it. I, I get it. <laughs> we need it for the office. I agree. I, it's got to be on the door, you know. <sighs> so by late 1974, interest had waned again and sightings had all but stopped, only to begin again in March of 1978 when tracks were reportedly found by two brothers prospecting in Russellville, Arkansas. Yes. They're prospecting. That's correct prospecting yep they are dressed not in 1970s clothing they're <laughs> dressed in 1890s clothing can you imagine though i want it's they have the 1890s clothing except a 1970s hat like the the big disco love hat it. yep we need it done that's halloween right there. and they're prospecting to funky town <gasps> sorted <laughs> done halloween's done it's over check <laughs> 
So on June 26th of the same year, there's a sighting that was reported in Crossett, Arkansas. And during this period, the creature of the Falk monster, which I (laughs) I can't, it was blamed for missing livestock and attacks on several dogs. However, how? I think someone was just, uh, I think someone got bored. I think someone was livestock snatching. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to move on that. So since the initial clusters of sightings during the seventies, there have been sporadic reports of the creature. And in 1991, old Falk was reportedly seen jumping from a bridge. He's going to survive. Okay. I was worried. I mean, there were 40 uh, reported sightings in 1997 and 1998, and the creature was reportedly sighted in a dry creek bed five miles south of Falk. So, Falky's getting around. We're not done. Still alive. It's not like someone sighted the body. No. Okay. There's no bones. I mean, I was worried because if he, you know, if he fell off a bridge or threw himself off a bridge, maybe things weren't going so well for him. I figured the summer was just hot. I mean, is there like I get I I was thinking that there was no water under the bridge, and that to me, mm, I see where you're I, going. I, I like, but that's a hard. I don't know why I didn't assume water under the bridge. I assumed <laughs> I was still in train trestle land. Yes, you were. You were. But that part of Arkansas is swampy. Okay. So he probably was just like, I'm going to do the Disney Pocahontas yeah, jump yeah, yeah. into the most moist moment <laughs> and let all this long, dark hair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's summer. It's summer. Okay. Got it. That's all allegations. We have no idea. Proven. One month after that Ford sighting back in 1971, yep. there was an archaeologist named Frank Schumbach. He determined that there is a 99% chance the tracks... Are a hoax. <gasps> Here's how he was able to determine that. Okay? okay. The tracks could not be formed by a species of ape. Thank you for being accurate. Thank here. you for being accurate. As claimed by witnesses, because they are formed from a three-toed creature, whereas all primates, including hominids, have five toes. In addition to the number of toes, Schumbach cited that there are other anomalies as part of his conclusion, the region had no history of primate activity, ruling out the possibility of the creature being the remnants of an indigenous species. All primates are completely diurnal, as the falc monster was reported to be nocturnal. Hmm. Diurnal means awake in the day, mm-hmm. asleep at night. Yeah. I find that to be rather compelling. I was very pleased to find that he gave a legitimate answer to the tracks. However, we got to get give it its national attention, okay? 1973, Charles B. Pierce released a docudrama horror film. Amazing. About our beautiful baby. Please tell me the name of this so I can track it down. The Legend of Boggy Creek. Yes. Then, in 1985... Boggy Creek 2. Oh! And the legend continues. There's a sequel! And they are both sea movies. It's where we live. I am so excited. I know. 
I'm we're going to do it. so excited. We're so thrilled to be watching these. We are going to submit this to the Criterion Collection. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, so excited. Beautiful. So happy. Beautiful. So that is our beautiful baby, the Falk Monster. I just think it's so weird and cool that for some reason, all primates have five toes, like five maybe, digits. Yeah. Maybe that's a thing about being a primate. I mean, I just, I wonder why, because you got to figure this is like a, it's a natural selection thing. So I wonder what it is about five that makes it the most useful one, that makes it the most. I'm going to throw down balance. Yeah, but like, wouldn't also, like, stay with me on this. What if we had like, sort of toes that were, like feet that were sort of uh, like, octopus type things where it's like <laughs> what if we had more toes all the way around wouldn't that be better for for balance i feel like we would more likely break toes mm, good point because if you think about how any sort of ape would cling onto a branch yeah five yeah. does seem to be the most optimal it's interesting i just work here <laughs> you are the expert <laughs> I wish I had more expertise in actual apes, but I'm just a cryptozoologist. I have been to the Cryptozoology Museum in Maine. Oh my god. How do I get a job there? <laughs> you have to move to Maine first, I think. I, I mean, I'm already a Maine character. Hey! Get out. Get out. <laughs> What's the next story? So we're going to talk about one here in California. Oh. We both live in California. And I think you're going to love it because the glamour of this one. Go on. The glamour. Is is it more glamorous than Sheep Squatch? It kind of is. How? I don't know. But okay. I mean. Go on then. Aloof. Ooh. We're talking about Dark Watchers. Oh, yes. So the Dark Watchers are often described as tall, sometimes giant-sized, featureless, dark silhouettes. Fuck, this is like heroin. Oh, yes. Say more things like this. Often adorned with brimmed hats or walking sticks. Love it. They're often reported to be seen in the hours around twilight and dawn. Love it. Crepuscular. It's effervescent. I, this is so creepy and I'm so into it. But like the glamour though. I mean, they are clearly better than us. They are giving such upper echelon that I don't think any human could ever achieve. Like they have their own terminal at Burbank. (laughs) You are so... Accurate. It hurts. They they do not mix with the proletariat. They do not. We should not look upon them. So they're said to motionlessly watch travelers from the horizon along the Santa Lucia mountain range. I don't know where that is. I don't either, but I don't think it matters. Okay. Because I but know I mean, I it does be because there. I would like to be there, but indoors. Yeah, I would like to. I would like to see the Dark Watchers, but just knowing about them is enough for me. I mean, yes, yeah. So according to legend, no one has seen one up close. No. And if someone were to approach them, they disappear. Yeah, no, they they are, we have to talk to their agents. We have to talk to their press for their agents. We have have to talk to the managers for the press for their agents. While sometimes attributed to the Chumash people, 
who historically inhabited the central and southern coastal regions of California. Nothing analogous to the legend appears to exist in their mythology. So they, like, erase themselves. That is the... I love these. I, I, I'm i dead. I cannot. They're so creepy and I, so L.A. I feel like V for Vendetta is, like, if that's the, the vibe, yeah. except cooler. Yeah. Which is tough because he's pretty cool. Yeah. It, like, without, you know, everyone taking his look. Yeah, sure, sure. All right. So when Spanish settlers first moved into the area... They were said to have witnessed the Dark Watchers, who they dubbed Los Vigilantes Obscuros. Good. I want to die. That is the coolest name ever. Los Vigilantes Oscuros. You're just like... That's so... I mean, yeah, no, this is... They win. I thought Sheep Squatch was going to win. I think the Dark Watchers have... have, I think that they have uh, dethroned... Sheep Squatch. Sheep Squatch. Sheep Squatch is an elegant, beautiful babe. These guys, this is like, we have reached the 1% of the 1%. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the Dark Watchers are famously given a brief mention in John Steinbeck's Flight. Oh. Which is included in the 1938 collection of the short stories, The Long Valley. Allow me to read you that glorious passage. Go on. Pepe looked suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead. Once, a white barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment, but he looked quickly away, for it was one of the dark watchers. No one knew who the watchers were, nor where they lived, but it was better to ignore them and never show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business. I love it. So along with this, Watchers were also referenced by poet Robinson Jeffers in the titular poem of his 1937 collection, Such Counsels You Gave to Me and Other Poems. He thought it might be one of the Watchers who are often seen in this length of coast range, forms that look human to human eyes, but certainly are not human. They come from behind ridges to watch. But when he approached it, he recognized the shabby clothes and pale hair and even averted forehead and concave line from eyes to the jaw, so that he was not surprised when the figure turning toward him in the quiet twilight showed his own face. Then it melted and merged into the shadows beyond it. Shut up and take my money. (laughs) Take my money, Dark Watchers. Right? So John Steinbeck's son, Thomas Steinbeck, would grow up to report having seen the Dark Watchers during his childhood and later, along with Benjamin Brode, uh, collaborate on a book titled In Search of the Dark Watchers, where they would go into the history of the legend and interview locals who claim to have seen them, such as famed Big Sur resident Billy Post. According to the newspaper archives in the mid-1960s, a Monterey Peninsula local and former high school principal, went on a hiking trip in the Santa Lucias, he suddenly spotted a dark figure standing on a rock and surveying the area. When the principal called out to the other hikers, the creatures vanished. Love it. I love them. I love them. So here are two explanations for them. Go on. Other than the real one, which is they totally exist and I love them. They're dimensionless beings. So Absolutely. Yeah, that's what they are. 
All right. Illusions, hallucinations, or misinterpretation of natural stimuli brought on by exhaustion or isolation have been proposed by psychologists. Infrasound, which can be generated by wind, can also cause feelings of uneasiness and anxiety in some people and is frequently connected to these sightings. Which, unfortunately, makes great sense. I mean, yes, except for the fact that these are interdimensional, dimensionless beings. Exactly. And they really exist, just not on our plane. What I find so interesting, though, is that the stories are consistent. Yeah. Like, through time, they're all the same, you uh, know? Yeah. But, though, there is merit to the um, the feeling generated by wind. And that, that anxiety that you get in that... Point. Yes. Yes. And hang on three seconds. Cause we need to go into this. Oh, we are. Okay. So yes. And, but also, um, the fact that everyone's anxiety manifests as the same vision is interesting to me. I, I yeah, I think so too. Because, and furthermore, this kind of reminds me of, I like was doing some very light research about sleep paralysis at one point. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me of like, there is this sort of also archetypical um, figure that goes like uh, the dark man or the man in the hat. And it's Mm -hmm. always this sort of, you know, humanoid figure, very tall and featureless and dark and silhouetted. And so there's, I don't know what it is, but it feels like there is something that is very deeply embedded in like the human psyche that is, that that sort of manifests anxiety as a featureless human. Yeah. You know, a featureless uh, silhouette. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously because they truly exist out of time and space. Of course. But Beyond that, I also wonder what it is that... About this location. About the location and, yeah. And people who don't even know anything about yeah. the thing still see the same thing. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I know. You know? It's because they really exist. <laughs> it's because they're there. So here's the other one. It's an optical illusion known as the Brock Inspector as a plausible explanation for the legend. So a Brock Inspector... Mountains or mountain specter can occur in a certain atmospheric condition when the sun is at a particular angle and the subject's shadow can be cast onto a cloud bank around them, creating the illusion of a large shadowy humanoid figure. Huh. Uh, I mean, okay, fine, but also. But also, what if you're one person seeing several? Yeah, exactly. Mm, Got questions. Mm Mm-hmm. So those are the Dark Watchers. I love them. I love them too. But now we have number five. Okay. I don't know if you're ready for number five because I I did this one for you. I feel like the Dark Watchers spoke to my soul already. And I do feel like Sheep Squatch also spoke to my soul. because also Pope Lake Monster did. Look, Pope Lake Monster was great. But I feel like Pope Lake Monster... Sheep Squatch I loved because she just wanted people out of her house. And I mean, that is incredible. And I love that about her. Like, I, I feel very seen by that cryptid. And Poplick was just very much a troll. And again, that is a part of my soul as well. And then don't forget Falk, that long raven-haired beauty. Oh. So all of Go these. Go on. Go All on. of these have actually fit the Rachel profile. <sighs> But I don't think you're ready for this one. All right. I'm going to, I'm just going to breathe in, breathe out. 
<laughs> so in the New Jersey Pinelands. Fuck yeah, the Jersey Devil. Oh yes, you did. Oh did oh. Oh yes, I did. Yeah, the thirteenth <laughs> child of the thirteenth child is a half goat, half human. Oh yes, yes, wings. See, oh, yes. that's why I asked with the other goat person, where it was like, which half are we talking about? Because the Jersey Devil is, I believe, is the oh, lower yes. half. Yeah, girl, I know. Thank you. Oh. I was wondering if Jersey Devil was a little too mainstream for this situation. But see, the reason I didn't consider it too mainstream is because yes, all the Jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing where I'm like, I know I live in this situation, but I don't know that but the other 49 else do? states do. Or everyone else in the world. Oh my God. So, yeah. New Jersey's most infamous resident. Hell fucking yeah, The Jersey, Jersey Devil. Devil. Oh, yes. Designated in 1938 as the country's only state demon. <gasps> really? Yes. Oh. The Jersey Devil. The Jersey Devil is described as a kangaroo-like creature with the face of a horse, the head of a dog, bat-like wings, horns, and a tail. And let's be honest, the only state in the United States to have a state devil, it has to be the one with the best Twitter account. (laughs) Let's be real. Oh, shit, is there a Twitter account? You don't know about it? It's incredible. Okay. My favorite tweet of all was a clap back when someone said, who let New Jersey have a Twitter account? And they retweeted it and said, your mom. Like, perfect clap back. That is absolutely. All right. Hang on. Is it just New Jer- at New Jersey? I think at it's NJ? like, I can't remember. If you Google it, it'll pop up. Okay. But for more than 250 years... This mysterious creature is said to prowl through the marshes of southern New Jersey and emerge periodically to rampage through the towns and cities. Yes. That's also been said of most people who are from New Jersey. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So honestly, the New Jersey devil is, or sorry, the Jersey devil. Thank you. The Jersey devil is basically a manifestation of every Jersey person. Correct. Or... The Jersey person is infected by the beautiful personality of the Jersey devil. I would say more infused, like, oh, this is fruit-infused water, and then this is just devil-infused people. I love it. Yes. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Like, such a big fan. Oh, thank you. I've been such a big fan of the Jersey devil for so long. Yeah. So, the widely held belief of the origin of the Jersey Devil is that Mrs. Leeds, a resident of Estillville, was distraught when she learned that she was expecting for the 13th time. Yes. So, in disgust, she cried out, let it be the devil. The story continues that the child arrived, and it was a baby devil. I mean, sometimes you speak things into, into being. Yep. And the creature then gave a screech, unfolded its wings, and flew out the window into the adjacent swamp. Oh, I heard that she gave birth to this devil, and they were like, oh, no, thank you, and then just sort of threw it in the Pine Barrens. Oh, yeeted it? And then just, we were like, there, you deal with it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So one of the most famous stories tells of a place called Leeds Point on a stormy night, 1735. Ooh. A Quaker woman gave birth to a child in a thunderstorm. Yes. The room flickered with candlelight. The wind howled. As it does. Some believed her to be a sorceress. I mean. But she was a Quaker. Listen, we're not, we're, there are intersectional identities. And you know, in the Quakers, I have questions. Where were her heads? All right. So the impoverished woman known as Mother Leeds. Sure. 
this is the essential story we told before. Mm -hmm. She was believed to have many other children, 12. And some say that this child that she birthed was deformed. That is a terrible thing to say of a child. They were just perfect in other ways. I mean, all babies are a little... I mean, they're babies. Yeah, they're babies. Yeah, you don't even know. Yeah. Some say that she cursed the child because of her dire straits, which is rude. That band didn't even come out until, what, the 70s? <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Get out. Other accounts say that this child was born very, very normal. And the child uh, took on odd characteristics later. Oh, I've never heard that. Like elongated body, winged shoulders, large horse head, cloven feet, thick tail. Those aren't odd characteristics. Those are... Um, exaggerated characteristics but according to the legend child is combined then it made its escape either out of a cellar door or up a chimney and then that's how it's born so that's even different than the one that you know yeah 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 i do love the yeet into the pine barrens i mean yes that's hysterical that's where they that's where he ends up so here's another story of a young girl from Leeds Point who fell in love with a British soldier, which oh. is absolutely horrific for Jersey. Yes. They come to the region, the treasonous girl. Treason, you know? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They'd come to the region because of the iron furnaces at Batstow. Then they were supplying privateers. Ah. Oh. Interesting, right? Yeah. So in 18, sorry, in 1778, the British engaged the Americans in the Battle of Chestnut Neck. Okay. Townsfolk did not like this. Okay? They did not like her with this British guy. Sleeping with the enemy. I mean, that's... Glenn Close is going to call and be like, stop it. (laughs) How dare you take my movie? And then they called her little tryst an act of treason. And they cursed her. And so according to this legend, she gave birth to a child. And it's known as the Leeds Devil. But see, I can't imagine that being the only time ever that... An American girl slept with a British guy and had a baby. No. Otherwise, we'd have lots of devils. Oh, I mean, granted, it is New Jersey, so, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I that is not a thing that I've ever heard, and I kind of feel like, eh, that's, no. It's the thir- I always heard it was the 13th child of the 13th child. Ooh. I could be wrong. I could be conflating it with no, like, no, Stardust totally or something. No, no, you're totally right. But. No, I like that. Yeah. I like that one. There was October of 1830. There was a resident of Vienna, New Jersey, a Mr. Jean Villet. Just kidding. It's John Villet. It's right next to Vatican City, New Jersey. Is it really? Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> he was entertaining children with a mask he had made, and the mask had a monstrous face, became a yearly tradition, and was adopted by the local townspeople. And it grew in popularity and was repeated in October. And the parents and children alike put on scary faces and costumes, right? So what I'm hearing is New Jersey started Halloween. I would not be upset. That is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset. Straight up fact. Yeah. But because of the devil, crops had failed, cows stopped giving milk, there were droughts. He blew off tops of trees. He boiled streams. He was blamed for the loss of livestock. Wait, who the fuck was this? This is all the things that the devil's done. Oh, I thought it was just the guy that, like, was wearing the mask. I was like, that seems like an awful lot of power. 
No. Okay. But that would be awesome. Yeah. If he was the Jersey Devil and actually had like a human version. Maybe it was the farmer that sacrificed all those goats. <gasps> he just moved from Arkansas to Jersey. And... Wait, no, that was Kentucky. Oh, it was Kentucky. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. No, that was Kentucky. Um. Others say that it was, he foreshadowed disaster and war, that the Ooh. devil actually was like. It's kind of do the Mothman type of thing yeah. where it's like, this is, there's some shit headed your way. But yeah, so that one guy was the allegation of, he just kind of started the myth because he ran around being yeah. silly with a mask. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But, you know. Oh, apparently there was a Commodore, uh, Stephen Decatur. Do you know who that is? No. That he was an American naval hero in the early 19th century. Hmm. And according to legend, he visited the Hanover Mill Works to inspect cannonballs being forged. Because, you know, you have to inspect them. It's just a flying projectile. It's, listen, quality matters. <laughs> so while he's there, he visited a firing range and sighted a flying creature flapping its wings. Could have been a bird. I feel like that is how most flying creatures function. Yeah. He fired a cannonball directly upon it. Oh, my but God. But it had no effect, and the creature flew away. I'm Magnificent. So proud of that. I'm so proud of that. Okay, this one's even better. Okay. Joseph Bonaparte. Yep. The... Wait, Joseph no. Bonaparte. No relation. Yes, relation. Oh, really? The brother of Napoleon Bonaparte. What? And what? Former king of Spain. What is reported to have seen the devil? Hard evidence right there. First of all, what? Napoleon had a brother named Joe. <laughs> and Joe went to New Jersey. Joe Bonaparte, what do you want? I'm living in New Jersey. <laughs> he was also former king of Spain. I mean, so here's where the incident took place in Bordentown. Not a real place. Go on. I don't know. It's probably, there are like five <laughs> bajillion towns in Jersey. Like you could say anything, New Jersey, and there's a town named it. And like, I'm not going to know about it. Vatican City. Vatican City, Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably where Dr. Oz is living. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was hunting game in the nearby woods and he saw the Jersey Devil. Joe Bonaparte, Napoleon's brother, former king of Spain, ended up in New Jersey and saw the devil. I'm not saying that it's the greatest thing in the history of the United States, but it's one of them. I mean, it is for sure up there. It might be the greatest thing in the history of New Jersey. <laughs> How dare you? That is Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> but... Joe Bone. Joey Bones. Joey Bones. <laughs> oh my god. Is that our next story? <laughs> Countless stories have circulated describing the devil's escapades. Raiding chicken coops yep. and farms. Mm -hmm. Destroying cops and... I wish. <laughs> destroying crops and killing animals. His presence has been seen and felt by many in at least 50 different towns. And when he emerges from his natural lair in the Pinelands and wanders through southern New Jersey, yeah. sometimes intriguing and sometimes terrorizing the residents, 
Posses were constantly formed to apprehend the devil, but to no avail, and at one point, as much as $100,000 was offered for the capture of the Jersey Devil, dead or alive. Several reports of the Jersey Devil's death also proved to be inconclusive, and even the scientific community could not explain its existence. Damn straight. Because it's fucking Jersey. We don't snitch. You don't snitch. We don't fucking snitch on each other. It's true. And so belief in the Jersey Devil is quite real. It is. (laughs) Full stop. And based on records of concrete occurrences, reliable people, including police. Yep. Government officials. Absolutely. Businessmen. All the most reliable people. Rachel <laughs> and many others whose integrity is beyond question have witnessed the devil's activities. So people who travel down over to the Garden State Parkway or Atlantic City Expressway reported sightings of something or tell stories of strange occurrences. Many continue to believe that the legend is still around, disturbing the region, and will continue to do so for many generations to come. Damn fucking straight. The infamous Captain Kidd is reputed to have a buried treasure in Barnegat Bay. Wait, Captain Cook or Captain Kidd? Captain Kidd. I don't know who Captain Kidd is. He's a captain. Who had treasure. 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 (laughs) Legend has it he beheaded one of his men to guard forever his buried treasure. So accounts claim that the headless pirate and the Jersey Devil became friends. And were seen in the evenings walking along the Atlantic in the nearby marshlands. Is there anything more Jersey than that? I mean, we love it. My God. We love to see it. In. In all the way. So in Clayton, New Jersey, the devil was chased by a posse to the edge of the wooded area. And when the devil fled into the wood, the posse was too afraid to pursue him. So they stopped and said, if you're the devil, rattle your chains. Did he? I don't know. How would I know? (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk about that comeback of... If you're the devil, rattle your chains. What if he didn't have chains? I mean, also, wouldn't it, like, benefit him to not rattle his chains at that particular moment? Like, if you're being yeah. hunted because you're the devil, and then you are being asked for confirmation about whether or not you are the devil, maybe don't confirm that. Yeah. Maybe just, like, I don't know, lie. Because you're the devil. So you can. That's, like, an available tool to you. He's from Jersey. I mean, look, I never tell the truth. This one is going to really just get your goose. Go on. The devil was seen cavorting at sea with a mermaid in 1870. Was there a headless pirate involved? I don't know. There could have been. There could have been. And he's also reputed to having a ham and egg breakfast with a Republican, Judge French. But the devil is not known to have specific political leanings. Now, the devil's sightings have covered huge distances from Bridgeton to Haddonfield in 1859 to the New York border in 1899. I mean, look, though, let's be real. It's Jersey. The distances are not huge. It's not. (laughs) The distances are like, what? You know, 40 miles or something? It does seem that he does stick into the border. Yeah. Right? 
However, 30 different sightings in a one-week period told of the devil sailing across the Delaware River to Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. Everyone's got to get out of Jersey sometime. Sometimes you need a break from Jersey. Sometimes you just need a little, you just need to a little bit, a little bit of farmland, a little bit of breathing room. Yeah. However, the farther north you go in Jersey, the more benevolent the stories are. Mm -hmm. In fact, the devil has not been known to harm anyone or break any local ordinances. Servicemen from the Vietnam War era said that the devil is an anti-war symbol. And comparisons have been made to the Loch Ness Monster and the adorable snowman. First of all, I am interested in how the devil is an anti-war. I know. I, I I've want got to know he, this. I've got questions. But, you know, I didn't want them answered. I don't want them answered either. I'm really happy that that is a facet of the devil's personality, of the Jersey devil's personality, of the of its myth. Um, I, feel, I mean, I grew up, I was in, like, central to north Jersey, and I kind yeah. of feel like, yeah, you know. He's your homie. He's my, like, it wasn't anything bad. Like, he was yeah. just like, yeah, it's the fucking Jersey Devil. He looks pretty bad, but it's not like he's going to mess with you. It's like, you know who else looks bad? Me. Yeah. At, like, 5 a.m. Most days. Or 5 p.m. Period. Or whenever I decide or, to show up. Yes. Like, come on. Who among us hasn't had a bad wing day? Oh, really? God, really? I mean. I mean. Let's be real. <laughs> so he did get nationwide attention in 1973. That is a year, man. After a feature film called The Legend of Boggy Hollow. No, that was The Legend of Boggy Creek. What? But The Legend of Boggy Hollow. And in 1996, it's reported that Berlin-based Cosmic Comics had created a character in J.D., Based on the Jersey Devil, who protects the environment and searches for truth. Fuck yeah. We love him! All in. See, I'm, like, I would say that that's my favorite cryptid, but I don't really consider him a cryptid. No, because we know he's real. Like, he's real. He's so, real. that's just, yes, he's just my homeboy. Yeah. I love him. Uh, I, I would say that the uh, the Dark Watchers are they still... They stole the show. They're so new and so... And again, like, they're they're yeah. totally real. That was... That, you know, I mean, all five of them are real. Are like, we love them. I mean, look, Fury, let's talk about the facts. <laughs> they're all real. That And they are living their best lives. They are. That I'm super happy the for them. I, I picked five cryptids living their best fucking lives. Get the hell indoors. You're not supposed to be outdoors. Sometimes you can just have a dog or a cat and just hold them in your lap and remember, these are the cryptids who belong inside. Correct. But sometimes cryptids belong outside. And they will make it known that you belong inside and they belong outside. Like, yeah. there's no confusion about whose domain is whose it's so true yeah and sheep squatch if you're hearing this right now love you girl we love you we love you the poof is real the poof is so real we know the dark watchers already heard everything we said the dark watchers are judging us silently i cannot wait for their non appearance at fashion week love it because they won't be there no they're just going to be like briefly in the back and then we'll go hmm, and fuck off somewhere that was a choice. <laughs> and then leave. And I am so thrilled to just know they exist. I'm happy. Thank you for that. Thank you yeah. for bringing them into my life. Well, this has been another episode. This has been another episode of... 
Let's talk about the facts. Let's talk about them. And that's Rachel Hit Flores. That's me. I'm Rachel Hit Flores, and that's Elizabeth Fury. Oh, that's me. And you can find us at Talk About Facts. That's T A L K A B T F A C T S on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us. Also, if you like this episode, leave us a review and like follow us on whatever podcast platform you prefer because we are on everything. We are everywhere. Dude, I know. I signed us up for them all. But yeah, leave us like a review or something. That'd be nice. And, or at least like, you know, like it. That'd be cool. And we'll tune in next week to hear me talk about something. Probably. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. I saw a possum once and that was one too many times for me. Oh, I don't know. I love possums. I think they're fantastic. It scared the living crap out of me. I did not know what it was. And there was just this large hairless rat sort of coming at me. And I freaked out. Attack possum. It was an attack possum. I almost wrecked my car once because there was a possum in the middle of the street and I didn't want to hit it. I mean. And so I hit my brakes really hard and I felt the back end of my car come up. And then I went back down and I was like, I saved this possum's life tonight. And then I sang Phil Collins all the way home. Not Elton John. I'm really, really excited that you exist in this world. (laughs) (laughs) Check mark for another reason why Elizabeth is a weird ass fuck. Uh, I think the the first song was in the air tonight. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yeah, it would. You would think that I would have hit Elton John, but no, no. Genesis was in the CD player. <laughs> why are they called Donkey? Well, it's just that one. Well, or why in, is he in, called Donkey? Yeah, Kong, Donkey Kong. Why? And why is that name slap so hard? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's on like Donkey Kong. I mean yeah. that is no, it's real. It's and, got a ring to and it. And Diddy Kong? Like, that is a name. I gotta tell you, I do not know Diddy Kong. That's his buddy. I it's in the under, first game. Is it? Yeah. It's the little guy with the hat. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, after this episode, Rachel will become educated. Yes. And watch him become your favorite character of all time. I mean, that sounds right. All right. He's got a hat. Dude, and he goes like that. Oh, come on. It's it's perfect.